0: episode of the Therapy Is a Christian podcast is brought to you by the Help Me Find a Therapist webinar. Are you someone that has been listening to this podcast and you definitely are ready to take the step in looking for a therapist? Are you someone that is interested in finding an African-American therapist, maybe you have a Christian therapist and don't know where to start? I've got you covered, girl. Let's cut out the Google searches and let me help you find a therapist that's right for you. So in this webinar, I'll share with you how you can find a therapist that's just right for you. This webinar will cover How you can find a therapist in your area. Maybe you want to find a therapist that's virtual, low cost options, how to find a therapist maybe with or without insurance. I'll also cover specifically all of the websites you can utilize to be able to find an African American therapist and even a Christian therapist. So I promise you, I won't leave you hanging. That is not the only thing we're gonna cover in this webinar. As a bonus, I also will include my consultation question ebook. So when you call a therapist, you know exactly what questions you need to ask, specifically even asking them questions about their faith and if you can include that in your sessions. This ebook has all the questions that you want to ask, as well as it will give you the opportunity to really advocate for yourself, for your mental health journey. If you're interested in starting therapy, definitely go to helpmefindatherapist.com. Again, that's helpmefindatherapist.com or go to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait for you to start your mental health journey. Now let's get back to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to another episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, name Welcome to another episode of the show. I am so excited about this episode, y'all. I am going to be interviewing one of my sisters. I know I always talk about them. Y'all going to hear me talk about them forever. But As y'all know, about two years ago, I went to the Find Your Voice Academy retreat, and I met a bunch of amazing, amazing Black women who are podcasters, but just overall, like killing it in every area they are working in. And so this is another episode with one of my sisters. And I'm so excited because Gabby and I actually work closer together now because we are on We're doing some special, special things. I'll just say that. And so I am really excited to be interviewing her because she is literally a beast when it comes to anything related to health, but also specifically Black women and health with Black women. And so I really, really am excited for her to share her knowledge base and just all of the things that she knows related to Black women and overall health. So say, hey, sis.
1: Hey y'all, thank you so much for having me, Rosalind. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, yes, it is such a pleasure. And yeah, I'm excited about today's
0: conversation. Yes. Okay. So, Gabby, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and what you do?
1: Yeah. So, as Rosalind said, my name is Gabby. I say Gabby of Gabby Athletics because that's my name on Instagram. I'm a health and fitness coach and lifestyle strategist for women who are always on the go. So, I specifically work with women, specifically Black women, who are trying to get their health lifestyle in order. And I help to shift them from being in a place of just surviving to actually thriving in their health and fitness goals. Because what I found is that a lot of us, we're just kind of like, kind of trying to make it. We barely have enough energy. We're just kind of like surviving in survival mode when we could, and we actually have the ability to have more, we have the ability to have more energy, more health, more wealth. But a lot of times we just don't know how to access that. So that's where I come in and I help busy moms, busy entrepreneurs, women who are just, you know, wanting to get their health back on track. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let me ask you this question because I don't think I have ever known this. How long have you been doing fitness? So I've been doing fitness or I've been a trainer for five years. I have been doing it just kind of on the side, just like my am a side hustle for like three years prior to that. So I guess in totality, eight years I've been in the industry, but I went full time five years ago.
0: OK, OK, yeah. OK. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. So tell us a little bit about your passion with helping black women and overall health of black women. Like, where did that start? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then kind of how is it coming to fruition now? Yeah. Oh, let me pause you real quick, too. You have a podcast.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot. Listen, (laughs) my podcast is something that I it's like the biggest baby that I have. But sometimes I forget to talk about her. Yeah. I do have a podcast entitled Don't Touch My Health. where We talk about all things health, fitness and nutrition for black women on the go. So, yeah, that's what the podcast is about. And it has been so amazing just each week to like teach black women what health looks like for us. Because if we can be honest, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we see on social media and a lot of things that we hear on the news or wherever the case, uh, wherever we may be drawing our information from. But a lot of stuff just does not fit who we are. It does not fit our body types. It does not fit our body makeup. So it's important that we find what works best for us and what works best for our lifestyle. Yes. yes.
0: Girl, all will things because she got hips over here, okay?
1: Listen, what Black women don't? Well, I won't say all Black women, but that's just who we are. Yes. So we got to learn how to cater to that and then even be comfortable in that body.
0: Yeah. So so yeah. All right. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your passion for helping Black women. And again, where did that start? And then overall, like, how is that coming to fruition?
1: Yeah. So my health journey started back in 2015. I had just gotten out of like a super toxic relationship. It was just like really detrimental to my health. I ended up gaining like 30 pounds in one year. So that's how I started my journey. Yeah, I know, right? So I gained all of this weight from stress eating, emotional eating, just being in this place of where I was feeling hopeless. And then this thing of shame was huge and heavy on me, this thing of guilt. So I just decided to start going to the gym. And one reason I started doing that was not only because I wanted to look good, but hypertension, diabetes was something that ran in my family. Now, back then, I was just like, yeah, this is something that I don't want to happen to me. But it wasn't until about two years ago that I was like, hmm, I really have a passion to help black women. But it didn't come until I was working with only white women, which is super it's, it's weird, but like majority of my clients did not look like me because I worked at a big box gym where I specifically serve just different people, right? So it wasn't until two years ago that I was like... Uh, yeah, I need to start serving people who look like me because there's so much more that comes along with being a black woman that people just would never understand Woo, go. that like the people that I serve, they could never be able to connect with that. So how can I even have real conversations with them? So I really started just deep diving into not only my mental health and my my shortcomings when it comes to fitness, because listen, I still got my own stuff going on. But yeah, that just kind of drove me to be like, okay, I need, I need to do this. And then God was like pushing me, like he was sending black women my way that would come to me with these certain, you know, ailments. And then, you know, looking at my family lineage and all that we had going, I'm just like, okay, I got to pivot here because what I'm doing is great. It's not that I wasn't doing anything that God had not called me to do with helping other women. But I knew specifically my heart was changing for women who who look like me and who could have real conversations with me about stuff like this.
0: Yeah. And so kind of to go to take a little small deep dive into that, like what were the things commonly that black women struggle with? that maybe our other races don't. Because we know kind of like, and I'll even say we may not even know internally what that is until we're outside the box looking in because we just kind of live our lives and we don't really pay attention of like, this may be unhealthy or this may be not the best for our mental health and our wellness, but we do it anyway because it's just common. Like. We just do it because it's just normal, quote unquote yep. in our minds. What are some of like the specific things that you could see differences with for other races versus black women and how that impacts our health?
1: Condition wise or just like habit-wise? Habit-wise. I, habit-wise, the biggest thing that I think we have to overcome is like the cultural eating habits. It's big because a lot of times when women come to me, it's like, okay, I've been eating this way for my whole life. And yes, it was okay when you were 10, but now you're 30 and it's no longer serving you in the same way. And what oftentimes happens is that we keep up these same eating habits throughout our entire lives and we're expecting a different change, but that change comes in the way of you having hypertension, diabetes. So eating is always the biggest thing for a lot of women. Going to the gym, finding a trainer, that's easy. But finding someone who knows and understands what you need to actually make your body function in a way that it is optimal in the way that you have energy in the way that you can actually serve other people with that energy. It's a whole different ballgame. So I would say eating habits is one of the biggest things. And then this thing of shame and guilt. It's like the foundation, even before we get to the nutrition aspect, although they work hand in hand, There's this thing of like, oh, well, I used to look like this. And so we compare ourselves to what we used to look like. And because we're not there, there's this thing of shame that sets in. There's this thing of guilt. And then whenever we don't, live up to what that high school version of us looks like or what we think it should look like, it sends us back down this path of like trying to relive and trying to rehash something that's not even fitting into our current lifestyle. So like, how can you go back to high school days and you got, you got a whole life over here now? You know what I mean? Not really bad, but
0: like we're more shapely. Yeah. We get shapely. Change. And not only your lifestyle changes, your eating habits change. Like when you're in grad school, college, you're an adult, you're like going back and forth to class all the kind of time. So you have, you gain habits that aren't healthy in and, yeah. a and sense too, but also that shame piece. Yeah. Like I remember when I first graduated from grad school, I had gained 30 pounds in grad school. I was over 200 pounds
1: mm-hmm.
0: for my height. That may not look a lot, but it was a lot for me. Yeah. And it was just. I'll, we'll go back to old pictures and say, girl, you're just so big. You just didn't gain so much weight. And it was it was more of a mental, like, I don't want to try to lose weight because it's not going to work kind of thing. Yeah. But it yeah. never came to a point until maybe about a year ago where I was like, let me just start trying. And then I lost a little weight. But even then still, it's just like, I still don't feel like I'm at my best, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So Yes. But, but
1: we're comparing our best to what was, and that's not fair. You know what I mean? Like, and what happens is that, again, we keep going back to the past. Like, yeah, the past is what it was. That's great. You're Don't leave her there because she served us a purpose. Like, she served a purpose in that time. But now, what can I do now with yeah. this current new life that I have?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are some common, I know you kind of talking about hypertension. Yeah. What are some, maybe even with hypertension, but what are some common medical problems that you see Black women struggle with?
1: Yeah. So statistics say that one out of two Black women have one or even all of these health conditions and they're linked back to stress, right? So hypertension, diabetes, Heart disease, which is our number one killer. Black women, we are the most obese race and gender in the entire world. That's big. That's huge. The most obese gender and
0: race. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's big. Okay, I'm over here learning. I'm like sitting here looking at Gabby like, keep talking.
1: (laughs) So So when I found that out, I was just like that. I mean, it blew my mind too. But then it also, it should put us in this state of urgency, right? Like we should now, okay, now that I have this information, what can I do to break this? What can I do to kind of change the narrative so that I don't too fall into this stereotype or it's not even a stereotype, it's numbers, There are numbers connected to this. So, and a lot of it is connected to stress. Stress is the number one thing that causes for us to have these health conditions.
0: Let's kind of dive into that because I know I have a question with this, but I want to kind of dive into stress. What are the things, and stress is a very broad very broad word. Like it can encompass anxiety, it can encompass depression, it can encompass money, stress, it can encompass all that. What do you feel like you see commonly? I know you said kind of shame and all of that kind of stuff, but I know there's something we've talked about, about this like superwoman thing that Black women do. And I say superwoman thing because I'm trying to like take my own cape off, but like the superwoman like aura that we already give off in general. This is why we're always seen as like the angry Black woman or whatever, this persona. But also, how does that impact us physically Mm -hmm. as well as mentally?
1: Yeah. So I was reading this article and I kind of talk about it on my podcast. I think it was like the last episode. But the world views us in these four different categories. So it's either we are the superwoman that we are giving more than what we have. We're pouring from an empty cup. We try and give back to others before we put ourselves first. The second person that they view us as is as the angry Black woman, right? The woman who is going to cuss you under the table before you can even give her a response back. But research was found that it's not that we're angry, but it's that we're anxious. It's not that we're angry about something that we haven't really learned how to deal with, right? Um, The third woman is Jezebel. This video vixen, this woman who is seductive, and that comes from our shapely figure. People think that because we're shaped a certain way, then, you know, she can't be smart. She can't have an education. And then this places an extra level of stress on us as well, because then we feel like we got to overperform. Ooh. Right. So, I'm sorry. I think I said four, but those are the three categories that we're oftentimes stereotyped as. Rosalind, I forgot the first part of your question. But stress—it comes up. I think you said this. Is mm-hmm. that what you said your mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. is? Stress, I was saying,
0: well, how does it come up in the women you worked with, and like how it presents itself?
1: So it comes up in the way of us giving more than what we have, right? So this thing of being superwoman, of pouring from an empty cup, of always trying to serve other people before we serve ourselves, which not only comes at a detriment to the person, because we're actually doing other people a disservice when we're not well. Like, how can you give your best to your marriage when you yourself are not full, right? So it comes up in being the superwoman. It also comes up in us just kind of being avoidant of what's actually going on. Because for a lot of us, it's not that we don't know that hypertension runs in the family. It's about executing and taking that next step. So that's another thing that kind of comes up. There's a fear with that. There's a fear
0: with the reality. Mm -hmm. Because I think it kind of goes a little bit hand in hand with what you were saying about the wellness piece. It's like, I know that this is present, but I almost kind of this outer reality of, I don't think that'll happen to me because I do all these other things for other people. So I'm good, like kind of thing like that, or just more so, I don't know how to prioritize. So it becomes the avoidance yep. because and, time management. and time management because we don't further know. And really the biggest thing, it comes back to a belief system. We don't know why that's a benefit.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I get a benefit from helping my family. I get an internal validation when I overdo and overperform and over yeah. give that me taking the time to prioritize myself feels harder because mm-hmm. there's this like itty bitty, like drop in the bucket over time. It benefits, yeah. but we want immediate yeah. gratification at that point, which is where we go into like the emotional eating that gives us an emotional satisfaction, but also If everybody is well, we feel well, but that's counterproductive. Yes, for sure. This episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by Christ Couch. Hey, girl. So if you're not familiar with Christ Couch, let me tell you all about it. So every single Monday, I send an email to my email list that is filled with so much information, so much value every single Monday. And I love to call it Christ Couch. Heist Couch is a place where we discuss countless topics, gather together as girlfriends, and share our daily walk through life all while uplifting one another. Over time, I have been able to learn that Christ allows us to experience his goodness and true vulnerability through relationships. So let's take a seat and share it all on the couch. In this Monday email that you'll receive every single Monday from me at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, you'll get a full-on devotional and prayer a little motivation Monday, I like to call it, where you get to start the week off with a little motivation and a weekly mental health tip that you can weekly and very easily add to your life. So if you're interested in Christ's Couch, definitely go to the link in my show notes, completely free to you. You'll get an email every single Monday from me. And I cannot wait to share with you all the amazing things on the couch. Now let's get back to the show.
1: You said something that was really good that I wanted to go back to. Oh, yeah. This thing of like avoidance. It also puts us in this thing of being fight or flight mode. Right. Which is also connected back to stress, which whenever we're in either one of these modes, it automatically increases our stress hormone, which is called cortisol. Right. So whenever we're not properly managing stress. Whenever we're not properly managing our time because we're giving so much of it away, and by the way, people don't know how to respect your time until you teach them how to, like not learning how to properly, you know, manage your time or learning how to say no being that superwoman, it all leads back to, it's like it becomes a compound effect of where it just stacks up over time. You're not going to see the issue with it right now because it's not causing you any harm right now. But 10 years down the road, you're still doing the same thing. And guess what? You're going to go to the doctor and they're going to tell you something that you don't want to hear.
0: Yep. And not only that, we probably also don't realize how burnt out we are. And let me give context for my own self. Because yes. this is something that's recently come up, especially not only with stress, but internalized stress that you may not recognize when the climate of the times, like with our Black men being killed. Yeah. I have a Black son and a very, very dark-skinned Black husband yeah. who's a big guy who, yeah. if somebody who doesn't know him may look at him like, oh, he's intimidating and he's not. Mm-hmm. And so we carry an extra layer of stress because we hold... The plight of black men. Yeah. They have a like certain stress as themselves, but we carry like the extra layer of the anxiety of a black husband. Yeah. There are times where I, I know Nico would be out at night late and I would worry, like mm-hmm. internally worry. Like it would rain. I'm like, what if a police officer pulls up? Yeah. Yeah. Like those yeah. are thoughts that I've thought about mm-hmm. that should not be. Yeah. <laughs> Something I think about, but oftentimes think about then adding a layer of I have a black son I have to then now educate in a world who does not, will not, and probably will never accept him because he's black, no matter how good I raise him, no matter yeah. how educated he is, no matter how amazing he may, you know, serve God, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Those are extra layers of stress that we Absolutely. don't think about. Yeah. And so Often, even times, I think in just adding this, there's a burnout we feel. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's just not talked about. Like, we don't talk about it. It's almost like, girl, I know you got a lot going on. Girl, I got a lot going on too. Girl, we're just trying to make it. And that's it. We don't really talk about that. So Mm kind of starting with that, besides the common stressors, what is something you would tell a woman who may be in this space? Because I know there's probably people listening up. There was something you said, and I wish I could remember because you were talking about, I'll come back to it because I'll probably remember it. But what would be some common things? And, okay, I had the realization that this is an issue. Yeah, I have a realization that this is a problem. How do I then begin to start prioritizing my health, my nutrition, all of that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, so I think... The first thing is, of course, making that decision that, okay, this is the route I'm going to take. Number two is really assessing your life. Because I think what happens is that we try and add more things to our lives without truly assessing what's going on. So, yeah, it's great to have desire to want to start your health and your fitness journey. Like, kudos, sis. Like, I want you to do that. But we can't add anything more to our plate if we're not fully learning how to manage what we already have so second assess what you have going on and figure out a plan of where you can actually fit this new thing in because what happens is that you know we'll add we'll try and start meal prepping for example we have a desire to do that right we start trying to add it into our schedule but we miss a couple weeks the first thing we want to say is that we're inconsistent and that's not true it's not that we're inconsistent, but it's the fact that we didn't properly assess where this was gonna fit into my schedule. So first thing, make the decision, assess your life, figure out where this new habit is going to fit into your schedule, right? And then you start to work that, you start to work that plan. If you're still finding it difficult, you might wanna seek out professional help, seek out a trainer, seek out, seek out a coach, seek out someone who can provide you that additional support. Or seek out an accountability partner. Let your friends know that, hey, sis, I'm going to start, you know, working out three days a week. Do you want to join me or can you shoot me a text message and remind me? Right. Let me check in with you. I'll text you after my workout is done. But we cannot. That accountability is like. Gold,
0: yeah, and I'll add so one of my core value systems is community. I can't yeah. really function without it. Yeah. Every Monday at 9 a.m., I have a call with my business accountability partner. On yeah. Tuesdays, I have a friend that I fast with, and mm-hmm. we fast from a certain time. See, those two things weren't put into place. I don't know how it would function business wise, I don't yeah. know how it would function spiritually. And I don't say I don't know how to function because we feel like we can do everything on our own by ourselves without people because we know all this stuff. And what that does is it prioritizes I have this call. So I have to prioritize making sure I show up fully in all the things I'm working on for my friend who's showing up and all the things she's working on and how to balance Mm -hmm. ideas because sometimes you just need accountability. And that's why I think. Having someone who understands the plight that we deal with as a mental health professional that's Black, that's a woman, I understand the Black woman. You as a trainer who understands health, fitness, but understanding the health and fitness of a Black woman, those things are valuable, but that accountability takes it to another level.
1: It does. It does. I mean, even scripture says that two are better than one, right? Yeah. So we need, I can't stress it enough, we need a community, we need accountability, and that just takes me to this thing of where, you know, a lot of us, we don't want to ask for help or ask for assistance or accountability because it makes us feel weak. Ooh. They just feel like oh I need to check in with you so that means I can't fully do this by myself. Whenever we were never
0: created to do it by ourselves in the first. That's an ego trip, sis. It that's is ego trip. That's pride. That's ego. And to think that that is your portion. And I'll take it an even step further because I'm gonna hit why this mentally happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not vulnerable. Yeah, I think people are gonna judge us. Mm-hmm. I think we're not strong and we're weak. But also too. We feel like, again, it goes back to the shame piece. If I ask for help, someone's going to think I'm not good mm. enough. And because why? Because I already think I'm not good enough. So if yes. I share that with somebody, that's going to bring that reality up that I already tried to avoid and not live in. Yes. yes. And Because I try not to live in this reality, I just didn't perform. Yes. And because if I actually address this, that means I actually then have to do something. Yes. And that is rather stay in that place. It's easier to stay in that place. It's harder to actually do the work, but the benefit long-term is fullness of life. Yeah. The ability to have the forward knowledge and thinking that we are able to do these things Mm -hmm. and actually live the life we say we want. Like we want these things, but we're not willing to do the work to go after them. And that's the part that, because I think there's a girl that she posts often who's lost a lot of weight, like she's consistently worked out with you. The yes. fullness of life. Yes. To experience that consistently.
1: You know, like we are sometimes afraid of success. Ooh, baby, that's me. <laughs> okay, if I just want to be honest, and have my own yeah, self Because we don't know what comes with that, right? So I think the unknown is always, Even though it sounds good, even though it looks good, like the process, that's what people don't want to go through. Because yeah, you see the person on social media. Yeah, she got this banging body or whatever. But there was a process that had to happen. And a lot of people, when the process gets hard, they just don't want to go through it. So I think there's this thing of, and this is cliche, but falling in love with the process You may not love it,
0: but it's necessary. Well, and two, two, I think, you know, that makes me think about my postpartum journey because I put a lot, like when I say I put a lot of supports and controls in place so that I did not experience postpartum depression. Like I was like relentless on these are the things that have to happen in order to ensure that I don't go off the deep end because I knew my past mental health could be an impact to that. Yeah, And to say that to say, like, there were so many things I had to prepare for with that so that when the process came, how do I check in with these things? And I say that to say because sometimes it's not even you negate the process. Sometimes you just don't even prepare well so that when you go through the process, you know what to pull on. So, like, for example, if accountability is not your thing, then you know that you need it, though. Put a process or something in place so that when you feel you're about to fall off or like not do what you need to do, how do you check in then with that accountability? Mm-hmm. That's not a natural response that a lot of people have, but those are things that we could be taught. Yeah. And here's the thing, no shade to my people This, you know, I love my white, you know, other yeah. races. They know this stuff. Yeah. They know this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They know this. Yeah. This is ingrained. Yeah. Almost as if like, we see it as a detriment. We see it as like, oh, that's not good enough. But the reality is it works. Yeah. There are days where I've had like some sad days here and there, but overall well-being wise, I feel great. Yeah. Besides my little hiccups, you know, that guy be throwing my way sometimes. But at that point, like, (laughs) I was like, you know, I can deal with that. But I'm not in the bed. I'm not not showering. I'm not looking at my child like I don't want to see your face kind of thing. That's important because there were so many controls in place. And so kind of switching gears to go into food, because I know you said stress, but also like our food. What are some common things when it comes to our food? Because I know processed food is a thing. Yep. Rice Krispie Treats are a thing. The middle aisle of the store is a thing. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? (laughs) Talk a little bit about nutrition and kind of what, like, the overeating, what it does for us.
1: Yeah. So overeating is oftentimes, and I actually made a post about this yesterday, overeating. So changing your diet does not negate the fact that you're going to overeat, okay? Because it's not the diet that needs to change. It's a habit, right? So, because what happens is that we create these habits and they perpetually build. I was listening to this podcast. This is kind of off topic, but not really. Listen, I love Kevin on stage and I love his yep. podcast. But was yep. talking about how people who are drug addicts how they don't overdose because, you know, they've taken like an extra dose of whatever they're taking. They overdose because they've changed their environment, right? Because when people are addicted to something, they typically do it in the same place at the same time, like this whole ritual thing, right? So the same thing happens with us when it comes to food. Whenever there is something that hits us emotionally, Whenever a friend makes us mad, whenever somebody pisses us off at work, our automatic response is to, oh, let me reach for this Rice Krispie. Or, oh, let me go get some, uh, you know, my mama's X, Y, and Z. Let me go reach for this thing. So it's not the food that is the issue. It's the habit. That's and so we're good. not addressing the root of what's going on. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a sore that's still bleeding. When it comes to nutrition, it's the
0: habit. Girl, let me pause you. Okay, so when I gained on my weight uh-huh. in grad school, it was multiple things. It was on the go. There were certain restaurants I would pass yeah. by that I would purposely leave the house early for to go get the food on uh-huh. the way to school. Yeah. When I graduated, I remember this like clear as day when you said they like triggered it. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I worked at a really stressful job following when I left grad school. There was a Wendy's, literally... Hop and skip and jumping away across the street from my job. So mm-hmm. when I would be in between clients and I had a really tough session, I would always think, I'm gonna go to Wendy's after this and get a four for four. Yep. Literally. And there were times I would go middle of the day and at the end of the day. Yeah. And it was just like I would drive home and eat it, and I would feel so good eating it. But afterwards feel like, why are you now like eating something that's going to make you like continue to gain weight? And I would feel so shamed because this is the cycle. I would feel so shamed because I would feel like I'm never going to lose weight. Yep. Why? Because this tastes so good and it immediately hits something satisfying in me. Even now, if I have it like randomly, because I haven't really been doing these in a minute. I'm like, oh, like even though I'm eating this, I'm not really happy, but I'm like full. me. Yeah. I'm like full in my mind, Yeah, but it's not fueling me. Like one of the things I always hear now is like food needs to fuel you. That doesn't even like correlate in my mind because I've always seen food or the relationship with food as it's more of, like you said, a habit situation than a fueling situation, like the fueling part. And so again, like even with just any addiction, like you described, if it's like a glass of wine after a hard day at work, like that is the thing we go to or the coping mechanism. Let me say that that's the coping mechanism we use. And instead of like that, becoming the coping mechanism, we should switch it to something else.
1: Yep. Yep. So like for you, you could have started taking a different route to work, you know, a lot of things that we could set in place for a lot of us food has become so much of an idol because like for example leaning into God in that moment would have fueled you to make a different and decision that would have
0: required me to put in some work be vulnerable have some accountability have some yeah. way of understanding and self-awareness like all mm-hmm. of those layers of those things yes, yeah. yeah. which is yeah. now kind of the thing that I do like I don't really eat out as much anymore. One, because I can't leave the house because I have a child I'm taking care of. But also the other thing is, is like be mindful that you cannot go eat out like that anymore because when I'm breastfeeding, like there are other goals and stuff that I'm looking at that I can't really. And so it holds me accountable. It makes me also look at myself, but it also makes me be like, what do I want to, I don't want to be tired all the time. You You just made me
1: think about something because. Now you have a deeper why. Yep. And I think that's exactly what it takes. Like we have, and I talked to my women about setting shallow goals, right? Shallow goals are those goals that look like, oh, I just, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to have a bigger butt and flatter ab. Like those are the goals that are great, but those are not the goals that sustain us. The goals that sustain us are you having a kid and you wanting to be healthy enough so that you can actually tend to your child. (laughs) I mean, because ideally, you know, when we think about life, we don't go to work because we enjoy work. We go to work because our deeper reasoning is because we want to have lights on when we get home. So your goals, they have to be connected to something that's deeper than just wanting to look good on the outside. Because what happens when that doesn't happen? Because some of us are seeking this perfect body that may not even be obtainable for us just because of your body makeup. So what happens whenever that doesn't come to pass? You know what I mean? And then I want to hit back on this, Rosalind, about the nutrition piece. There's this thing of sugar addiction that we go through. And that's one of the biggest, I won't say the biggest, but it's one of the big things that causes stress is sugar. Sugar has been linked back to stress. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because gut health and stress are correlated. So whenever we're not feeding our bodies the proper nutrients, uh, getting things like potassium, vitamin C, which Black people are deficient in because we have this beautiful melanated skin, that is an issue. So whenever we're not getting like magnesium, which is also linked to stress, this thing called GABA. Y'all go back and listen to this week's episode because I actually did an episode on the vitamins. I'll link that it below.
0: I'll link it below.
1: Yeah, so there are specific minerals that we need replenishing in that could naturally reduce a lot of the stress that we face on a daily basis.
0: Okay, so not to go on a tangent, but I did hear that gut health, and gut health is like your intestines and all of that, y'all. Yep, yep. And your pooping, let me just be frank, is a lot of our, I think I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, like the emotional hormones Mm -hmm. are tied to all of that area. Yeah, they are. And when you don't like take in good foods and you have jacked up diets, you're putting like, that's adding to your stress, if that's kind of the way I heard it.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. Like I said, eating too much sugar A lot of compound carbs, such as like white bread, white rice, like those like really heavy foods that we enjoy, it causes this, because when carbs are broken down, compound carbs, they break down into sugar. You know, we get a lot of energy at the beginning, but then all of a sudden you're sitting at your desk and you're like, man, I'm so tired. Like I'm so fatigued. Like, where is this coming from? It's because our sugar is dropping again. And now we're going to have to have something to bring it back up. So guess what? We're going to go back for that carb again. Then our sugar's going to spike. It's going to drop. And so it sends us in this vicious cycle. Not only what that does to us mentally, because then we're like, I'm tired. And then I can't lose weight. So I don't have the energy to work out. So how is that going to work for me?
0: Oh, God. So- I'm over here, sug- like, here sugar myself because I'm thinking <laughs> like, Gabby, you and I have talked about this before. Like, mm-hmm. I... Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm not even going to go on a tangent because I know we will talk forever. Okay. So, give some quick foods that help with stress management. Like, tell us some quick foods.
1: So, salmon is really good. Any fatty fish, salmon has omega threes in it. So, any type of fatty fish like mackerel, sardines, I don't really fool with those, but they're good in omega threes. Plus, they have vitamin C in them. So, salmon, bananas are really good for potassium also give you that vitamin C. Nuts are also good. Also adding in some supplements. Don't be afraid to add supplements into your
0: daily regimen. Yeah, because because I think people think like, why do I need to take something extra?
1: Yeah, because our body depletes, right? So over time, your body is working. So your body is going to run low on specific things. For example, magnesium. Whenever we're stressed, magnesium has been linked to People who have high stress. So there's a deficiency there, right? So we need to replenish that magnesium. Collagen is another one because a lot of women are complaining of fatigue, bone health, osteoporosis. All of those things come from a depletion of collagen that comes over time. So, you know, the older we get, some of the things they just start to deplete, so we have to find supplements that come in and that give us that rejuvenation that we need. Yeah, that's
0: good. That's good. That's yeah. good. And you sell some of this stuff too.
1: Yes, yes. So I have discounts for collagen. There's also this thing that I'm gonna start talking a little bit more about. But yeah, y'all follow me. Just yeah,
0: just go follow yeah. Me. Talk about all that stuff. But yeah, another
1: food that's watermelon. I'm not a fan. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love watermelon, sis.
1: watermelon is good. It's considered to be one of the healthiest fruit that you can eat because it's like 96% water. So yeah, watermelon is great. And it also has like this natural moisturizer in it that's great
0: for skin. So is there anything wrong with eating seedless watermelon? I've heard people say stuff like that.
1: I don't know about that one. I don't eat it. So I don't, I don't know.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then lastly, just before we wrap up, tell us how health and wellness ties to our spiritual life. And what's the benefit? I know we probably could have, we could have talked about this on the top, but. (laughs) No, this is such a great question.
1: I don't think that there is a separation because everything that God makes, he makes in order. And there's always a correlation between something. I don't think that there is a separation between mind, body, spirit, them all working together. One specific scripture that I, well, there are actually two specific scriptures that I want to share with y'all. One is 3 John 1 and 2. And it says, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So this scripture says that, you know, I don't only want you to be well in body, but also in your soul, because this is the thing. It starts with an inside job. And I know Roslyn probably talks about this all the time. It really is an inside job. We can't get the outside looking good if the inside man is struggling, like, yep, exactly. like, there is no way. And then the other scripture, because I think this one is good, because I think a lot of people think that the enemy is after something that he is just not. He don't care about that. So it's First Peter 5, 8 and 9. But it says, be alert and sober minded. Your enemy is a devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Now, this scripture blew my mind. Because I think a lot of times, you know, there's this thing of like, oh, the enemy's after my health. He's after my body. He wants all this stuff from me. And he's not after that. He's after this. The mind. This this is why scripture tells us to be sober minded and to be alert because he roars around. just, Just lay on the floor, my Jesus. Okay. So when we're not alert to what's really going on, then we'll start trying to defend the wrong thing. Mm. We'll start trying to resist the wrong thing. He's after this, because if he can get this, he can make you unmotivated. He can play off of your weaknesses, which we all have. He can play off of that guilt trip. He can play off of everything, all of your past attempts that may have failed. He can play off of that. And whenever he gets this, then surely you won't move. Surely you won't find a coach that's going to help you. Surely you won't Go to the gym. Surely you won't change your eating habits because he has access to this. He has access to those false beliefs. He has access to all of your failures. So this is the reason why we stay stagnant. It's not because you're inconsistent. It's just that we've given the enemy access to the wrong thing. Oh, So scripture. flip the script for me. I was like, oh, it's not me. You won't. It's my thinking because your thinking is going to affect your habits and then your habits are going to affect your behavior. Right. So everything works together. Everything works together. So that's how faith and fitness work together because it's like a continuum.
0: Yes. So good. So good. So good. Okay. Gabby, this is great. Where can the people find you?
1: Yes. So you can find me on Instagram, uh, Gabby Athletics underscore. You can also find me at my podcast, Don't Touch My Health. And you can also, if you are interested and if you say that you are that woman who needs a community, I have a virtual gym that is specific to all things Black women's health. I really wanted to try and create a safe space for us because we just don't feel safe out here. But how can we? How can we feel safe with being vulnerable? So I wanted to create a safe space for women. To be able to come and to work on their health and their fitness goals. I'm actually about to teach a class now. We have live group trainings. We have bi-weekly classes, which I'm going to have my sis Roslyn come on and teach a master class for us. She don't know that yet, but...
0: It's okay. I love to. <laughs> um, That's one of my spiritual gifts. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then we also have glow-up nutrition plans because our goal is to help you glow up from the inside out. So... Yeah, if you're interested, there is a two-week free trial for you to check us out. So I'll give Rosin all of my information. Thank Yay. you so much for having me, sis. This was what amazing.
0: Love. I'm so excited. Okay, y'all. I love you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next week.